for the message this morning as I preach on the subject, how big of a God do you need today? How big of a God do you need today? Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word this morning. I ask your will be accomplished in our lives. And through this message, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll use this morning uh, this story from Numbers chapter 13 as the illustration for the message this morning. It is the most often repeated story in the Bible. The children of Israel had been delivered from the land of Egypt. They were in bondage there. They were slaves there under the hand of Pharaoh. And God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. In fact, I'm going to make the greatest nation in all the world out of those of you who are slaves now. You will be a nation that will be a priestly nation to all the nations of the world. God said, I have also prepared a land for you. I've prepared a beautiful land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is a land that is great and a mighty land. However, God told them this land is not empty. It is not like a house that's empty and ready to move into. This land is occupied. It is occupied by seven nations. In fact, all seven nations are greater and mightier than you are. However, I've prepared that land for you. And you're going to take that land little by little. You're going to follow my will. And those were the exact words of God. Little by little, they would possess the land of Canaan. Some folks want all the Christian life today. But today is a wonderful day that leads me to tomorrow, that leads me to the next day. And every day in the journey of the Christian life is a wonderful life. When we come to this passage of Scripture, 12 spies had been sent into the land of Canaan. They come back and they give a report of the land. And the report that they gave was accurate. They said it is a land flowing with milk and honey. In fact, uh, the grapes of Eskol are so big, they were carrying pods of grapes on poles between two men. That's good-sized grapes. The grapes of Eskol, all of the land, they said it is a beautiful, magnificent land. However, there is no way we could take this land. It's full of giants. And uh, the, the giants, the biggest people in all the world are there. And they're strong and they're mighty. In fact, compared to them, we are like grasshoppers. And there's no way we can take the land. And of course, it caused a great disappointment among the people. And the people began to cry. The people began to murmur. And Caleb stands up and he steals the people. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't listen to that, by the way. It's called an evil report. Anything less than faith is an evil report. That's what the book says. Now, Caleb steals the people and said, we be able. God promised, and what God promises, God empowers. Don't miss that statement. Anything God promises, his power stands behind it. I don't care how big the giants are. I don't, how, I don't care how great the opposition is. And Caleb said, let us go up at once and take the land. However, 
they followed the recommendation of the ten spies that gave the evil report. Forty years passed and they wandered in the wilderness because of a lack of faith. Now you may have thought they wandered because even then men would not stop and ask for direction. That's not true. Uh, that may be true of you. That may be why you were four hours late. But they were 40 years late because of a lack of faith. Now there came a day uh, that they did take the land. In fact, we find Caleb making yet another speech. And he said, I'm 85 years old. He said, I'm just as strong as I was 40 years ago. And God has given us this land. I want you to listen to these statements. God was able 40 years before to give them the land. God was willing 40 years before to give them the land. God was desiring 40 years before to give them the land. God had empowered His promise 40 years before. However, they did not trust God. They did not trust in His promises. They did not trust in His power. They did not trust in His processes as they should. And they were 40 years late receiving what God wanted them to have. Caleb desired a big God. Let me ask you a question today. How big of a God do you want? How big of a God do you desire? How big of a God do you need in your life? May I say this morning, God is everything and more than you need. We read the stories of the Bible and somehow we rejoice in what God did for them. But when we come to our needs, we live in doubt. Sometimes we live in despair thinking, but God could never do that for me. The stories given in the Bible were given as an ensample. They were given for you and I to increase our faith in God. Now, I don't know what your need is today, but I want you to know that God is able to meet your need. Every person in the Bible that succeeded, they succeeded because of faith in God. Every person in the Bible that failed, they failed because of a lack of faith in God. How big of a God do you need today? Sadly, there are many satisfied just to have a fire escape from hell. They want to go to heaven when they die. They're not interested in God working in their life. But there are those that say, I want to see more. I want to do more. I want to accomplish more. I desire to have a big God in my life. Daniel succeeded because of his faith and obedience to God. Daniel wanted a big God, and that's who God was to him. Joseph succeeded because of his faith and obedience and patience in God. Uh, Joseph wanted a big God, and God was a big God to Joseph. Samson failed because of his lack of faith and obedience. Ephraim failed, and the Bible said they turned back in the day of battle because their faith in God failed. I ask you today, how big of a God do you need in your life today? God can be as big as you need Him to be. Psalm 81, verse number 10, here's what the Bible says. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. God could have said, open your mouth and I'll fill it. 
He said, open your mouth wide. You know what God's blessings were proportioned to? How big they opened their mouth. You know what he was saying? You want to have a big God, have big faith. You want to have a big God, have big obedience. You want to have a big God, have big trust because God is as big as you want him to be. You may have seen, as I have this summer, as the birds have built their nest, and, and I don't know about you, but I've always been intrigued to watch that as they build their nest, and then they lay their eggs, and then they sit there, and the eggs are hatched, and then they go, and they're always out in the grass hunting for worms, and if you sit in the same place and your porch or wherever the nests are, you can watch them work. You know what they're going to do. And they go back and take that worm to that nest. And those birds, they got their mouths wide open. I mean, their mouths look bigger than they are. You know what God says? How big a God do you need? How big a God do you want? How much do you want God to bless your life? This verse in Psalm 81 refers to the fact that God brought his people into the land of Canaan and told them you can have all that you desire. In fact, Joshua reminded them of that in Joshua chapter 1 in verses 3 and 4. And he said, God said to tell you, wherever your feet trod, that land is your land all the way to the sea. And he told them what the border was. God not only saves us, God God desires to satisfy us. He desires to be a big God in our life. He satisfies according to our desires. He satisfies according to our hunger. Have faith in God. I can't help but remember, I try not to say it all the time, but every day I'm amazed at the goodness of God and what God is willing to do. And I'm reminded of those days some 30 years ago. Two preachers came to see me and they said, Brother Fugit, don't get too excited now. You, you, you can't build a church in Lexington. You can't get folks to come to church and you can't have a bus ministry. And they went on and on and on. They should have resigned their church and went to work for the funeral home. They were undertakers is what they were uh, disguised as preachers and they said uh, you can't uh, do it. I'm amazed at what God will do if we open our mouth wide if we have hunger for God and have faith in God what God will do. You know, it, it, It's amazing to see all that God has done but not just what he has done, what God is doing. He didn't used to be on the throne, he's still on the throne today. I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of God but I hunger to see a God that will bless. I think of the prodigal son, and I read the story this week, and, and it's interesting, the statement the Bible said, of course, the prodigal son, he took his inheritance, he wasted it all with riotous living in a far country, and the Bible makes this statement, he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. It was no good, but he could have eaten that food that the hogs were eating. He could have been filled with that. I don't want to be filled with the world. I want to be satisfied with God. Prodigal son, the Bible said he came to himself. He said, I'll rise and go to my father. And he did. And he humbled himself and he confessed his sin. He confessed his wrong and he didn't ask for anything other than, can I have a job? Could I be a hard servant? Uh, the servants for the father have bread enough to eat and to spare. And I perish with hunger, he said. He went back and he asked the father. And the father was willing uh, to uh, bless his son and to help him again. And I want to say today, 
God is able to do all you need him to do. What do you need in your life this morning? What are you hungry to see God to do? I was visiting Russell Anderson recently. Russell Anderson is from southeast Kentucky. It's amazing. He, he, he's an amazing story. He's 90 years old now. The first money he made was trapping muskrats and uh, selling their hides to Montgomery Ward and Sears and Roebuck. He'd mail in the hides. They'd mail him a check back. Then he started working plowing a mule, plowing and uh, plowing corn. I believe he said 50 cents a day. 50 cents wouldn't buy enough corn to feed a mule today. It's bad when it costs more to fill up your lawnmower today than it did your car a few, uh, a few months ago. But anyway, he, he, uh, he, he plowed a mule 50 cents a day. And, uh, and, and, and he said everybody, they, they go to work in the coal mine six months and then they were laid off. He went to Michigan. I don't have time to tell the whole story. But he began to, he not only started a business, he got saved, and he began to hunger for God. And, and the part of the story I wanted to tell you was he, he, he's moved to a, an assisted living now. His sister Judy and uh, her husband Bill, they've taken good care of Brother Anderson, and they have him in an assisted living place uh, there now. And they took me to his study. He took me to the place where he read his Bible and studied. And he had probably a hundred notebooks, maybe more, where every morning he walked with God and he would write down what he got out of the Bible. And every day, I mean, he hungered for God. He wanted God to be big in his life. Now, as a person, Brother Anderson was a simple person. Uh, he was uh, simple as far as just who he was. He, he, he would say, I'm an uneducated coal miner. That's how he describes himself. He's a small man, uh, five foot um, uh, three, two, three, four, small, 40 short suit. He gave to God's work over $40 million. Because of his work, more than two million people have come to know Christ in Mexico and the Philippines and other places. He's built hundreds of churches. Now, it wasn't because he was lucky. As he told the story, when he went into business, things were going well. He went broke after the first year or so. But he hungered for God. And what he says is, I hungered for God to show me what God could do in and with my life. He's not only a personal soul winner, but God did an amazing thing for one reason. He was hungry for God. Now, I can hear the critics say, well, this and well, that, and he was just lucky. And, and he would say, the harder I work, the luckier I got. Here's why I tell you the story. How big of a God do we want today? Some folks want a big government. I'd rather have a big God. Our government's in debt beyond uh, embarrassment. God's not in debt at all. Young preacher in a church plant desiring to reach a town for Christ. How big of a God do you need? Missionary on the mission field. How big of a God do you hunger for? 
Christian, what kind of prayers do you need answered today? What strength do you need for your trial, for your burden? I want to say he's a big God. He's a great God. He wants to be everything that you can imagine and desire him to be. Businessman, what is God's will for your life? And I thank God for the businessmen in this church who have a heart for God and a heart for young people and a heart for young preachers and our campers and all of it. I'm thankful for those of you that have a heart for God. Let's not be satisfied with meager fare when you and I serve a great master. We serve a great God. And it's God that says, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. It's God that says, ask and ye shall find. Uh, uh, ask and seek and, and uh, humble ourselves and knock. The Bible says God desires to bless us in a great way. Let me give you this verse. Psalm 145 in verse number 9. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. I can't even introduce God today, let alone tell you how big he is. How big? Can I tell you? There's so many folks in our world today satisfied with the things of government. I don't know about you, I'm dissatisfied with that. I'm dissatisfied. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. But I'll tell you what I'm hungry for. I'm hungry to see what God can do. It's amazing to me to see a young boy grow into a young man, yield his life to serve God and to see him do a great work for God, to see young men go to the mission field, to see God use young ladies that hunger for God. Oh, how we need to have a hunger for an almighty God. He provided for the widow of Zarephath in a time of famine. He parted the waters for many people in Israel when they went across the Red Sea. He provided a ram for Abraham. He used a slingshot in the hand of a young shepherd boy to kill a giant. He stilled the waters and the wind while uh, with his disciples on the boat out on the sea. He used a boy's lunch to feed a multitude. He made the, stun, the sun to stand still for Joshua until he finished the battle. He opened the prison doors for Peter to leave prison at the prayer request of the local church. What is it that we hunger for this morning? Take your Bibles and go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be too personal or just talk about uh, us this morning, but I, I'm thankful for what God's done in our church. I'm thankful for the camp where hundreds of young people will come from across the country this week. Their lives can be transformed. As I prayed this morning for Brother Smith in the camp, I thought again of young Francisco Arache that came as a teenager to camp and he heard a simple sermon on, have you considered giving your life to Christ, giving your life to God? And the young man honestly said, no, I've never thought about that. He said, I think I will. And there at the camp, he said, Lord, I want to give you my life. What do you want me to do? He went back to Irapuato, Mexico, and God has used him to preach not only to hundreds, but to thousands of people in that city, just a young boy that gave his life to serve God. Folks, we serve a mighty big God. How big of a God do you need today? As I walked up and down the aisles and the seats this morning, and I, I, I thought of where you sit. Sometimes you come in, somebody's got your seat. I prayed for where you usually sit. <laughs> Brother Coker and his wife came last week, first time. 
I prayed for them. They sit right back there where Brother Ma and his wife are sitting this morning. I prayed for you in the wrong place this morning. First time he was able to sit through a church service uh, in a long time was last week. God brought him through. Uh, just did a miracle in his life. But I could tell that story again and again as I walked through the seats and the pews. I asked God this morning to touch Sister Mitchell and to allow the doctors to help her. Hey, I've got a big God. There's no need for me to stop in my request. I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm talking about just responding to a mighty and a wonderful God. How big a God do you want? Notice Hebrews chapter 11. This is just a short summary. Go to verse 27 if you will. Talking about Moses. Look at verse 26. Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had rec uh, respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt not uh, fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You know what he saw? You know what he saw bigger than Pharaoh and bigger than Egypt? God. God's bigger than anything this world has to offer. Get hungry for God. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of, of blood, uh, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians stayed to do were drowned. The world can't do what God's people can do. They've got a big God. We've got a big God. Look at verse 30. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. If trust in the process is there, God told them, I don't want you to take a weapon. I just want you to walk around the city every day for seven days. On the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. Then I want you to blow uh, the trumpet and cry uh, the sword of the Lord. Uh, no, no, that's a different story. Uh, not cry the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That's a different story. But I want you to blow the trumpet. And when they blew the trumpet, the walls began to crumble. Uh, the walls fell. Verse 31, by faith that the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. I want you to notice the different kinds of people. You have folks that were, were, that were born of, 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 of great blood and those that became kings uh, like David and you have others like Moses. Uh, you have the harlot Rahab. Everybody, God's a big God to anybody that wants him to be. Verse 32, and what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to a flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. We believe that this morning. That's why we're here. We believe what God has done. We believe He's a great God, but when we come to our life, all of a sudden we stop. Find you a place in the woods. Find you a place on your knees, on your face before God, and say, God, I want you to do a great work in my life. Let me give you these statements and I'm finished this morning. Number one, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
We have a big God. He spoke this world into existence. And that God loves you. He gave his son to redeem you and I back to the father. He gave his own son. The Bible said he gave his own son to redeem us back to the father. He brought us back. He is a great and a mighty God. Have faith in God. What are your needs today? What are your desires in the will of God today? Pray big prayers. We have a big God. Young men, young ladies that are serving at camp this summer. You see Brother Smith and his wife and the work of the camp. That's not the result of wealth. It's a result of believing in a big God. We've never done anything in our church because of wealth. We've done everything little by little. Little Jedediah down here working in Nehemiah. That's how we've done it, just step by step. We've got a big God. Have faith in God. Second of all, believe the promises of God. If he didn't want you to have them, he wouldn't have put them in the book. If God didn't want you to have those promises, he wouldn't have put them in the book. He put them in the Bible. Claim the promises of God. Number three, meet the conditions for God to bless you. Meet the conditions. Ask God. Stand before him. Oh God, I want to have a clean heart before you. I want to have a surrender and a yielded will before you. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20, the life that I now live in Christ, it's a new life, it's a changed life. Number four, expect God to respond to your faith and prayers. Expect him to. You know, every day for me is a day of expectancy. Every day is a day of expectancy. You know why? I hunger for God to do great things. Our old nation's in a mess. I don't need to report on that. The news does that. But I'm going to tell you, God's greater than that. You know what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to say, the giants in the land, you're a bunch of grasshoppers. Go hide somewhere. I say to the devil, I might be a grasshopper, but I've got a God that's bigger than you are, and God and grasshoppers kill giants. Expect God. To respond to your faith in prayer. Number five, and I'm finished. Be yielded to the will of God. You say, preacher, I've had difficulties. I've had trials. I've had, I've had difficult things happen in my life. God's not mad at you. God's preparing you for something better. God's preparing you for something greater. Don't ever, don't ever get angry at God. The devil wants to tell you he doesn't love you. God loves you. God gave his only son for you. Yield your life to him. Stand with me. I'm out of time. Church doesn't pay overtime, so I'm quitting right now. <laughs> How big of a God do you need? How big of a God do you want? I don't know about you. I'm not satisfied with the things of the world that shine. I'm not because they pass away. I'm hungry. For a big God to show himself real in our lives. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, wants to be your heavenly Father. He'll save you today, forgive you of your sin. He'll give you eternal life. Heavenly Father, oh how I hunger for another generation to hunger after you. What you've done in the past, not only can you do again, you can do even greater. God, I pray today 
that even boys and girls and teenagers, Lord, and especially adults, will be hungry for you to do a work. Lord, help us to turn our worry into prayer. Help us, Lord, to turn our fears into faith and realize we have a big God. Sometimes we feel like Caleb. We feel outnumbered. We hear all the negative things. Help us to have the faith of Caleb in whatever situation to stand up and say we have a big God. Let us go at once to do the will of God. That's our invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.